So today we study Joseph, God's ruler. We are in a short series about the Genesis leader, and we're now doing some character study about certain people whom God used. But you see, studying the Bible, it's not about learning from these people. It's really learning what God did and what is God's overall agenda. We can learn from these people as secondary lessons. But first, we must understand what God is doing in the overall study of the whole Bible, what God has been doing. So Genesis was a book written for Israel to explain to them where they came from, how God created the earth, how they became a nation, and how they became a nation with laws. And we will study Exodus later. Later in, in the next few weeks, we will begin Exodus. And there we will see the laws given to them through Moses. But prior to that, there were stories of how the fathers, they called the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob, and then his sons. And in, in one of his sons, there was a lengthy story, and that's Joseph, who, who was a favorite son of Jacob, son of Rachel. <clears throat> the brothers were, were jealous of him, and uh, God gave him a dream to, that, that exalting him above his family. That was the interpretation of the dream. Even the father interpreted it that way. And the brothers were angry at him. It could have been a mistake, but we know that God works also through the mistakes of men. And uh, because of that, he was sold to Egypt. And in Egypt, he became a slave. And from being a slave, became the chief of the household of Potiphar, who is Potiphar, the, the one in charge, the leader of the king's guard. So he's a, he has a very influential position. So Joseph became the chief slave there. But then he was framed for a crime he did not commit, which was rape. And he was sent to the dungeon. And in the prison, he was so good and, and in, the, in the sense that the, the warden was so pleased with him that he was promoted to be in charge of a portion of the prison. And there he met two of Pharaoh's officials. And after that, through dreams that he was able to interpret by the grace of God... And uh, these two, he predicted correctly. And then one day when Pharaoh had the dream, the cupbearer who remembered Joseph, who interpreted the dream for him, said, there is a Hebrew. There's somebody who can interpret dreams. So he was called for, and he became the ruler of Egypt. The dream was seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. And he advised Pharaoh what to do. And Pharaoh was so impressed with him and his God, with Joseph and his God, that he set Joseph to be in charge over all of Egypt, representing Pharaoh himself. He was given such power. We applaud such kind of people in position. However, if we study what they went through, God's way, it was difficult. So I'd like to encourage you that Difficulties will come in your life if God has chosen you to lead one day. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. So I praise God, and I hope there would be more leaders from among us. And God will allow us to go through a process or a series of processes 
The important thing is we learn. We can look at Joseph, how he did not betray God and his own master, his own boss. He was faithful. He did not commit adultery with the wife of Potiphar. He was faithful to God and he was faithful to his boss. And such a thing should be the example that we should be following. Let me read the introduction. God prepared Joseph to manage and lead the whole nation of Egypt. Through Joseph, Egypt would be saved. Moreover, Israel would be preserved. God's plan would then be fulfilled to bring Israel to Egypt. In Egypt, they would grow to become a nation without the temptation of intermarriage. Why? The Egyptians do not like to intermarry for people who cross the river. They call them Hebrews. So they were called the Hebrew nation because they were a large group that crossed the river and into Egypt. They do not want to intermarry. They look down on them. Therefore, there was no temptation of intermarriage, unlike in, in Canaan. In chapter 38, Judah was tempted and he intermarried with a local who was given to idolatry and even to, uh, and, and some of the locals are even into witchcraft. So they would grow as a nation before going back to the promised land. Now let's look at Joseph. Joseph had the character to lead. He learned humility and perseverance. Sa Tagalog, mababa ang puso, natutong magkaroon ng mababang puso at naging matyagain at matiisin. That's perseverance. Matyaga at matiis. Joseph had the character to, to lead, but he learned humility. Remember, once the son, favored son of a rich man was sold as a slave. Imagine what he lost. He lost a lot. So he learned humility. However, through the process, through the process, Joseph developed the leadership skills. He had leadership skills through the process. He became a slave and he became the chief of the household. So, uh, my brothers and sisters, God can use us better if we have humility, we have perseverance, and when we have some leadership skills. And we can all learn that from work, from school, from church especially, but we have to hone it. Not just you were able to lead a small group, that's it. You have to be faithful until your small group members become leaders as well. We have to lead people and help others become leaders as well. That they can become blessings to many people. He learned how to lead a household. That is Potiphar's household, which was a big household, by the way. Because when I say big household, it doesn't mean he has many sons. It means that he had many affairs. The influence of Potiphar's affairs, because he was a, a man in position, it says there that, that Potiphar did not have to worry about anything except the food he will eat. It's such an amazing. I hope I, I do have an executive assistant like that. Wouldn't it be great if you have a manager like that? You don't have to worry about anything except to eat, right? Ah, but Joseph is a rare breed. 
And then he also learned to lead a prison. You see, in Potiphar's household, I could imagine about the officers coming and going, the soldiers coming in and going, and Potiphar meeting uh, the heads of state, talking to people uh, at that level. Then the second part of the training of God was in prison. The criminals, mostly poor, some high, like the Pharaoh's officers who were sent there with him, but he learned to mingle with both. He understood the mind of both. Such was the training. No, you don't need to go to prison to understand and to be a leader, but understanding other people, learning to understand how people think, how people react. Not everybody is like us. Don't assume for every person to have your standards. We have different standards. And the key is learning to understand. And if there is a gap, first be patient. And then if you want to influence them, go ahead as long as you do it properly. Uh, for example, when I think of the comfort room, my imagination always is it's supposed to be the cleanest place in the house. Some of you would agree with me, but some of you would not. No, it's the dirtiest place in the house. You see, we have a difference in thinking already. My imagination of a comfort room is somewhere I can sleep. And one, one time when, when we built a house, I, I designed the comfort room as big as a bedroom. And I put the massage table there. And sometimes the coolness of the night would stay there because of the tiles. And sometimes people would, would, would think that I disappeared somewhere. I was actually sleeping, literally sleeping in the comfort room. And uh, that is a perspective. But because of that perspective, there is now a difference. With that difference, I may judge you if you think it is dirty. It should, that it's normally dirty, or you may think me weird sleeping in the comfort room. But again, there is a gap. So Joseph understood the prisoners, how they thought. Perhaps, I'm just saying perhaps, he understood the, the officials, the leaders of the state when in, in Potiphar's household. So Joseph allowed, was able to learn. And at the right time, God would make him lead a whole nation. When Joseph met his brothers, which was the text we read, when Joseph met his brothers, he had the grace to avoid vengeance. He had this perspective. He was kind. Instead, he was kind to them because he had a different perspective. He said to them, it was not you who sent me here. It was God. You thought you're the one who sold me here, but it was God who set it up. And, uh, of course, as we have studied near the end of Romans, we can appreciate that, that God is a God of plan and design. It was God's design and plan for Joseph to be in Egypt one way or another. But he believed he was sold to Egypt because it was God's plan. And he treated them with kindness. He said the purpose of God was to save the world and to save you, to save us. That there would be those who would remain for what? To continue the family line. Because that was God's promise to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. That they would become a nation. Through Joseph, the tribe would survive and grow to become a nation. 
God's plan would be fulfilled. Allow me to highlight a few things uh, in the story of Joseph, letter A. Joseph gathered grain during, grain during the time of plenty and stored in strategic locations. If you, if you read the book of Genesis, he stored the grain in different locations. I think that is being wise. Why, if one location got burned down, you still have others. In the same way, they say today, do not put all your eggs in one basket. Do not put all your money in the same place, right? So, uh, you've got millions now, then you all put it in the bank. And the bank only insures 500,000 uh, amounts. So, what if that, can a bank close? Oh, it, so many banks have closed down in the Philippines already. So, if you think that's the safest investment and uh, something bad happens, then you put it all in one basket. Uh, and some would sell to you these insurance sellers, here, put all your money here. Don't believe them. If you want to insure yourself, put a little money there, but don't put all your money there. And then the scammers were crying out loud, and you still believe them. Anyone who tells you that your money will grow 10% a month, that is crazy. You ask the finance experts. You ask those who study finance and those who study business, and they will tell you they are crazy. It's too good to be true, but because our greed is tickled, tickled and say, really? My money will grow? And they make you feel it for a while, and then sudden, suddenly your money is all gone. Oh boy. I still remember people calling me here and even in Manila. One time I was, uh, my phone rang very early. It was GMA7 inviting me to their program and says, can you give a comment about what happened in Pagadian? 12 billion was lost. In Naga, I think 2 billion was lost. Some of them are your money, right? Oh, the pain, the pain, the pain. Be wise, study, consult. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So Joseph stored them in strategic locations. That is good, right? Isn't that good? When I was young and I didn't know about instruments, so I just stored it in different locations in the house. I would put some in the bank because when I was in elementary, I was taught to sell by my parents. So I was selling stuff and buying my own stuff. And, and my mother encouraged me, open a bank account. I said, what's a bank account? Well, it's where, where somebody else keeps your money. Somebody else will keep my money? Uh, yes, yeah, somebody else will keep your money and it will be safe there. How sure are you it will be safe there? Well, that's the practice. So I opened a bank account. Uh, but because I didn't trust the bank so much, I was a, what, what, grade four something or grade three. So I kept the money in some of my books. I put it there in some, uh, in my shoebox. So it was everywhere. Until such time, I grew older and I kept buying books and buying books. I became a Christian until I was 15 years old. I was still keeping some money there. And, uh, and funny enough, when there were times when I needed the money, and I thought, Lord, guide me. So I was looking for some books to read. And then lo and behold, I have money. I've forgotten all about it, you know. <laughs> well, the bad thing is it did, it did not grow in interest, right? But I, I still, I kept it. So... Uh, some of my, my brothers and sisters in Christ found it so funny when they helped me clean my house one time. And they said, there's money here. Uh, they, they look under, they, they wipe it. There's money here. Oh, okay, give it. I need it. Give it to me. So 
Uh, I'm not saying doing it because one of your children will figure it out and then <laughs> you'll be surprised it's all gone. They'll exchange it for candy. Uh, when the time of famine came, Egypt was prepared to deal with the crisis. Letter B, the people of Egypt and the people from other places would be able to buy grain. The Egyptians exchanged everything, even their land for grain, even themselves. This helped the people survive, but it also made Pharaoh richer. Yes, they survived, and they were happy to survive, but Pharaoh became richer. See, Joseph encountered his brothers, although he initially dealt deceptively with them. If you remember, he did not show him, they did not recognize him. I could imagine all the makeup these, these uh, Egyptians wear, right? Uh, Yep, yep, Egypt was then the cosmetic capital of the world. Yep. Oh, something interesting. You know what cosmetic, the word cosmetic mean? It was a funny thing. I read it in one of the, um, the books of my children when we were doing homeschool. Uh, cosmetics comes from the word cosmos. Cosmos. It, it comes from the word, uh, well, it actually means cosmetics comes, means putting order into the chaos. So that's why you need makeup to put order into the chaos. <laughs> so, uh, okay, that's just trivia. Let's go back to, to, to the subject. Uh, well, in, in manner of speaking, uh, Joseph put order into this chaos. So he forgave his brothers and cared for them. In the end, he received them and the whole tribe. Because Joseph knew his calling. He had a purpose. Even though he suffered, he knew his purpose. He found out his purpose. And it was clear. Therefore, he could not blame his brothers because he knew there was this higher power. This was God at work. So my friends, things may happen to you. Negative things or positive things. Look at God. Don't ask why. Well, if you ask why, don't ask it in a blaming way. You have to now understand by now that life is not about your happiness. Christian life is not making you the center of the world. That is not the doctrine we preach. What we preach is God is a God of plan, purpose, and design. He has a plan for us, for us in Jesus Christ. And whatever that plan is, the ultimate thing is not your happiness, even though He gives us the joy of the Spirit when we serve Him. He will give us a certain satisfaction, but that doesn't always mean everything positive. But when negative happens, you become stronger in faith. You learn how to deal with the negative. You learn how the negative would not affect you right now mentally and emotionally. That is spiritual growth. When we are no longer easily affected with what we are going through, we now ask God, I need your wisdom, Lord. I'm going through this. Well, you know it, Lord. But I need you to go through this. I want to be your child. I want to obey you. I want to follow you. I need you. What if you lost everything? As Joseph did. Was it God's plan to, for him to lose everything? Yes, it was. Lose his family? His station in life as, as the favored son, he lost it. Became a slave. Application number one, be equipped. Learn everything you can, spiritually, mentally, 
emotionally, physically, and socially. Yes, please. Be a, a person that is whole. Spiritually first. The Word of God first. Huh? The Word of God first. Then mentally. Okay? Some of us have mental problems. When I say mental problems, it's not the one you think. You think somebody is, is confused always or doesn't have a right way of thinking. That's a mental problem. No, another mental problem is unused minds. And a lot of us have that. Lazy minds. Lazy brains. Who don't read. You know, somebody said, a beautiful quotation. There is no difference between a person who cannot read and a person who, who does not read. There is no difference, really. Well, because you're not using it to your full capacity. Each one of us is given time, but we're not using time wisely to develop our brains. Uh, God wants us to, to, to use the mind to be mature, not only mature, to grow in knowledge. It's in the book of Proverbs. It's good to grow in knowledge. Although it should be God first, spiritual groundedness first, but we can grow our minds, the knowledge of God's word. But not just God's word. Knowledge about human emotions, uh, human productivity. We can study about society. We can study about uh, physics. Uh, you want to launch a rocket to the moon? Go ahead. Somebody did it already. Just copy it. Uh, but study it. Uh, we have to grow in knowledge. Do not be afraid of knowledge and do not look down on knowledge. Some of us mock knowledge because we think, because we're insecure of our own ignorance. If somebody learns a lot, we mock them at times. Whoop, English, English kana. Stop it. Let them. If you won't practice your English, let others do. And if ever you say that, shame on you. Let knowledge grow. Grow emotionally. What is growing emotionally? Not all quickly concluding and quickly misinterpreting people. Joseph had no time to even grieve about what his brothers did to him. At least it was not recorded. Perhaps he did. I believe he did because he was humans, but nothing was recorded. If you look at the time, he had no time, I believe, to grieve. He had to survive. He had to work as a slave immediately. He had to act like a slave immediately and please his masters. There was no time. Too much time is lost sitting in one corner and just grieving. And it's good to grieve at times. Yes, we need to grieve, but do not grieve forever, please. Do not grieve forever. God is a God of plan. Are we meant to lose some people in life? Yes, we are meant to lose some people in life. That is part of being human. That is part of being human. Are we designed to be disappointed? Yes, that is part of life, for crying out loud. But how do we emotionally respond to a disappointment? We can either keep quiet and smile and get over it and learn something from it. What if it came from somebody else? Well, can we change people? We can pray that they change. We can inspire them to change. We can find what works that they can be inspired to change or scolded to change, but that usually doesn't work. But can, can we change people? Actually, no, but we can change the way we feel about people. Because if, if, if you don't like people in general, then I do believe you have to emotionally grow up, right? 
No, something you will learn for the young people. It's a cruel world. Among teenagers where emotions are very sensitive, once a person feels insecure, they either be quiet or they attack. They attack. Hmm, number one, just a classy, pangit naman siya. Uh, so they attack, you know, they're insecure in one thing, but they attack in something else. But if you learn to just l not be affected by the words and say, Lord, what is your plan? Let me just focus on what you want me to do. So, so Joseph was framed for a crime he did not commit. What can he do? He's already in prison. He just did his best as a prisoner. So what happened to him? He became the leader there. Make the most of what God gave you. It's unfair. Friends, life is not fair. And, and I hope you can accept that. And even be happy about that. Right? Can you say this after me? Life is not fair. But I'll make the best of it. Say it again. Life is not fair. But I'll make the best of it. Yeah. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. In some areas, you are more blessed. In some areas, you are less blessed. God did not want us to be all be the same. No, no. Be equipped, learn everything, mentally, emotionally, even physically. Physically. It's good to develop our physical features so that we do not end up weak. Exercise is a good thing, right? If you don't like exercise, I suggest you learn dancing then. If you like music, learn to dance. If you don't like running, then learn dancing. If you always like a fight, then learn martial arts and boxing and stay in the gym. Instead of staying on the streets to fight, stay in the gym. And then socially. When I mean socially, I don't mean social media. I mean socially. Face to face. Hello. Extend your hand. I'm Ed. And you are? Hello. Magandang umaga. Oi, nakikita kita search. I see you in church. I see you at GCF. Hi. You see each other, right? You see each other in the groceries. You just say hi. You just say smile. Nakita ko siya. Siya yung katabi natin doon. Just say hi. Okay, mention your name. Okay. We have to grow socially as well. And then, uh, you know, how to grow socially. It's an attitude. You have to be genuinely interested in God's creation. Do you hear me? You have to be genuinely interested in God's creation. Meaning, when I see people, I always ask, how is this person? What is God doing through this person? Or what is this person going through? Maybe he's a Joseph. On the up level or down level, I don't know. Maybe he's a David facing a Goliath. I don't know. Uh, maybe he's, he's Paul, moving from one place to another, sharing the gospel everywhere. I don't know. Maybe he's lost. And he can't make a decision. He's confused. Uh, but for me, being interested in people also means I can pray for people. Being interested in people also means 
uh, I'll say hello, and if there's a way, I can maybe ask an, a less intrusive question. You know, don't ask personal questions when you're just meeting each other, right? You, you ask little questions. What keeps you busy? What do you like doing? Uh, then you share a little bit of yourself and become interested with them. That's social. Okay? So when, when somebody tells me about their interest, I listen. What if I'm not interested? Well, I try to be interested with people. If their interest is this, then I ask, is it this way? Is it that way? So a friend of mine right now is crazy about little cars. I mean, maybe it's the second childhood of our age, right? So he's been collecting little cars and been showing it all over social media. And, and he's been going through the collection, the cars of the 70s and the 80s, in little, little, little matchboxes. And then he said, I'm going to put up an online store and sell this. Uh, I said, oh, wow. So I'm sure when we see each other, he's going to talk about it. Because last time we were talking about, he was talking about his knife collection. And he has all different sorts of knives. And, and uh, for me, I just want to be educated. Easy listening to people educates you more. Sometimes I ask people, oh, well, even about the game, what's this game about? Okay, they're so crazy about computer games. Uh, don't get me wrong, I try it sometimes. In fact, I love some games myself, although there are times their priority is higher. With my little kids, when they were small, I had to play with them just to connect with them. But right now, I ask. I ask questions. How is it? We have to learn what we can. Then we have to develop humility and perseverance. Humility meaning we have a lot to learn from others and we can persevere. Humility in the sense that I'm not better than anybody. I may have some gifts that might be better than others, but I'm sure others have gifts better than me. I may have talents that are excellent. I believe God has given me excellence in some areas, but I'm not bragging about it because as a human, there are other people who have better talents than me in other areas, which makes us appreciate the body of Christ. I always uh, am so amazed with people who can sing uh, because that's not my prime talent, you know? I only sing with videoki people, you know? We need a guide, otherwise we lose the timing. Uh, some are excellent. Uh, but, but me, I, I, I don't even, so I applaud those who can. It's just amazing. And there are different kinds of gifts and talents of others. But we have to be humble and we have to persevere. Whatever we're going through, we have to learn perseverance. We have to grow in management and leadership skills. There's much, there are many books on this already and we can learn from other leaders. Store God's blessings in times of plenty so that we may be prepared in times of crisis. And this is a problem with many of us because when there's a lot of money, we want to splurge. Let's go here, let's go there, let's take a flight somewhere. Let's, uh, we spend a lot by the thousands. And when it's a time for crisis, we try to borrow money. And I don't think that's wise. I think every time we earn, we need to set aside something and forget it. I, I read this book maybe 10 years ago. I can't remember when. It's called The Automatic Millionaire. He said the best way is to remove uh, 10 or 20% from your check immediately. 
and put it in a bank account or give it somewhere already and then forget it. And what remains? Live with that no matter what. Whether you will eat lugaw only or asin or tuyo, dried fish or whatever, uh, but that is the amount you live with no matter what. Suffer! Don't be envious of others. You don't have to have what others have, right? You don't have to have what others have. You don't have to show off to others to be appreciated. We anchor ourselves, our confidence in Christ. And once you're always there about thinking about others so that others would applaud you, you're already misguided. We do everything for the glory of God. Oh, he has this nice shirt. It's a, it's a uh, what's that crocodile thing? Oh, uh, Lacoste, okay. So why do you have to have a crocodile? Buy a simple shirt and draw an elephant, right? Uh, whatever. I mean, uh, well, if you have a lot of money, yes, some, some of these clothes have really good quality. But me, I, I prefer the linen. Every now and then you see me wearing black or white, and it's usually linen because we live in a tropical country. Right? I only wear a suit if it's air-conditioned. If it's not, no way. But I, I do like good clothes in the right locations. Some are really weird. You know, they go to an outdoor wedding in summer in the Philippines and they wear a suit. I mean, it's just crazy. Think about it. So what happens? You faint, right? <laughs> May I ask the Ninongs to stand? Black. <laughs> uh, we have to save enough for the times of crisis. Uh, we're even talking about food. Do, do you save enough for food? Can we, is it possible to have a food crisis in the world? Yes, a few storms all at the same time. We can have a food crisis. And I think I should be preparing again, because one time I prepared red rice for two years. Some friends bought, but it's really for us. But we had food for two years. In times of plenty, preserve. So we are prepared in times of crisis. And if you knock on my door because you need money for tuition because you did not save, that is a shame. Honestly, I don't want to help you. I'd like to say, Next time when it's a time of plenty, do save. Okay? Find ways to preserve. Well, a lot of the fiestas are over. A fiesta's coming here. I don't encourage you to, to celebrate fiesta, but if people are coming, there's no harm in preparing food. Uh, that's why some of my friends, they, they leave Naga during fiesta. They're very wise. <laughs> I think we should leave too, right? Uh, one week. Okay. So, uh, on December, do we have to really spend so much? Why don't we just visit each other, right? Why don't we just come here in church? You can propose and organize. You know, I love it whenever we eat here, you know. There's some people who really love bringing lechon. 
crazy. And it's, it's just fun. It's just fun. But, you know, it saves us a lot. Because those who are more can give more. And those who have less don't have to brag. They can, you can bring what you have. Save in times of crisis, you bought a nice cell phone, but you never bought a book. Pastor, there's a book in the phone. It's called Facebook, and I read it every day. <laughs> it is so tempting to spend on things we don't need or on things we think we need. There are many things we don't need. Don't be tempted to buy just because somebody else has it. Live as simple as you can, yet live as decent as you can. That doesn't mean wear ragged clothes. If you wear ragged clothes to elicit pity, maawa naman kayo. Give me a little money. No, that's not good either. Enough for the clothes to be decent in a way that it looks good. And in this day and age in the Philippines, that is no excuse. Correct? So much ukay-ukay here. No excuse not to look good. It's really a matter of taking the time. And you can look good already, right? Number two, if we sell what people need, they will count it a blessing. Though all of Egypt counted it a blessing when the grain was sold to them. They lost everything to it. But for them, it was a blessing. So, to those of you who want to get into business or a service, let me advise you, sell something that people want and need, something they want to pay for. Don't sell anything where you have to force sell it. Sige na, bili ka na. Makabueno mano lang ako. Sige na, please, because I have to bring my kids to school. Sell me what I want. Sell me what I need. Instead of buying to the grocery, maybe I'll buy from you if you do it right. Sell something we need, and it's a blessing. But if you sell something we don't need and force it on our throat, force it in my, in my Facebook messenger, I don't want you to be my friend anymore in Facebook. But if you know I'm looking for this one, then you can, because uh, I'll be glad to talk to you, because yeah, I'm looking for that. But if I'm not looking for it, don't force it. Sell something that people want. And then another lesson, having a Joseph or a man of God in your team can bring great blessing to you. Pharaoh was blessed. The people survived. They lost everything, but they're happy that they survived. Pharaoh became even richer. Who did that? God through Joseph. It was God. Everything was God through Joseph. So... I pray we would all be Josephs, that we'd be a blessing to many. Number three, trust in God's process. Bad things may happen to us, but it is part of God's plan. Some bad things will happen to us. We pray that it would not. We pray that God would deliver us from evil. We would pray that, that He would, would not bring us through a difficult process. Yet if He does, we have to trust in God's process. God was with Joseph, and he shall be with us. We must have the right perspective. Right perspective? What is perspective? Perspective is the lens in which you see the world. If your lens is black, the world is black. 
If your lens is green, the world is green. If your lens is blue, then the world is blue. If you think the world to be cruel, then everybody's cruel. If you think everybody, all politicians are greedy, then for you all of them are greedy. If you see all people hypocrites, then all of them for you are hypocrites. I'd rather have the lens of the scriptures of God. What is the lens of the scripture? All have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short. And God's justice must be met. And that justice was met through Christ. Yet God was merciful as well. That's why he sent Christ. The only way where his justice and mercy would be satisfied is through Christ. That is the lens I wear. That is the lens of scripture. He's just yet he is love. And it is expressed through Christ alone, no one else. Through Christ alone. What is my lens? It's not the lens what people sell. The key to happiness are, sure, read it. But if you keep pursuing happiness, you'll never find it. Because one thing you'll find out in this world, happiness is only temporal. It happens once in a while. The rest of it would be duty, chores, things you have to do. The rest of it, may, you may enjoy life, right? But then you find out you go in circles and then happiness is lost now. It's like people, you know, if only, if only I can play video games every day, they do. And they get fat and die. Then they don't have friends and they become depressed because of it. Because they don't connect with the people, but they connect with the game all the time. People around the world, but not the people around them. Less of that and more of the gadgets. So you may think you're happy for a while, but the result of that is not really happiness. Whatever you chase happiness on earth, it will not end up there. The same way with business, we encourage businessmen, don't chase the cash. Don't chase the cash. Offer value to people that they're willing to pay for. Focus on the value, the impact of your service, so they remember it, so they keep calling back to you. They keep paying you and buying from you. For you, you, for them, you are a blessing. But if there is no service, there's no impact, there's nothing, then there is nothing. Let go of vengeance. Joseph had no vengeance in his heart. He forgave his brothers. There was no anger, but he did miss them. The deception was because he missed them so much. Was that correct? No, I don't think it was correct. But he did it. That's, that's descriptive, not prescriptive. Sometimes when you study scripture, not everything is prescriptive. A lot of things are descriptive. It was described what happened. So let's have a godly perspective. 